Last name ever, first name greatest. Like a sprained ankle, boy, ain't nothing to play with. Again. But before you can ever reach anything, you have to believe it. You don't just mistakenly become great at something. Now go out there and take it. You're listening to The Watling and Owens Show on WNYO 88.9, the Laker Radio Network. Hello and welcome into The Watling and Owens Show here on a football Thursday. And we've got a lot to get to. We apologize for getting on a little late. Some technical difficulties. Those things happen. You know, we're still going over Google Meet. Still not able to go back in the studio, but... We've been making it work, Matt. We really, you know, we've, we've dealt with the adversity. We've we've taken advantage of the circumstances, and, and we're still producing great shows every day. Yeah, we are. And I'll take the blame on the technical difficulty front. Um, I told our good friend Pat, friend of the show, of Shooting the Breeze, the podcast fame, and I said, you know what? I, I enjoy actually kind of working from home in this capacity. I don't have to drive away out to the studio. You know, we, we'd have to wear a mask in the studio, which is, I totally agree with. I'm totally fine with it, but also... You know, it's, it's tougher to breathe a little bit. You know, I like kind of being in my room, get to relax a little bit. My only concern is my desk chair is the most uncomfortable thing in the entire world. I would rather have a standing desk than sit at this desk chair. It is terrible. It hurts my back. I can't sit right. It's it's awful for your posture. It's the worst desk chair on the planet. And there's no room in my house to, to bring in a new desk chair. Even if I wanted one. Even if I brought one from home, I have nowhere to put this one. So kind of just... Yeah. In, in a real bad situation here, but we're making it through. And in my circumstance, I have an absolutely great desk chair, great flexibility, uh, very comfortable. I actually got lucky because one of my roommate's chairs broke. He went and got one from Walmart. So once we got our new chair, the nice one, I, I inherited it for, for not, next to nothing, for literally nothing. So Wait, really, I really took advantage roommate. of it. No, uh, well, my last year roommate broke it, but then my new roommate came in and was like, hey, this chair is broken. He went and got another one. And then uh, our landlord brought us another chair, and he didn't need it anymore because he bought the Walmart one. So I get I get the nice new chair. Okay. Okay. So really, really works out nicely for me. But like I said, it's a football Thursday. We've got a big show. Uh, very, very interesting. Very polar opposites in the games we're talking about. We've got the Bills and the Seahawks in a battle of two really good teams, you know, with the Bills, a team trying to prove themselves. And on the other side, we've got the Giants and the Washington football team, which is obviously a little bit less of a – of a matchup, but it could be a close and fun game and also a lot to get to with the Giants inside and outside the locker room. But we'll start with the Bills and the Seahawks, a game that I think might be the game of the week. I've been thinking about this game all week long. I think it's going to be a fun one. You've got the 6-1 and one Seahawks, the 5-2 and two Bills. And, I mean, it's once again, we talked a few weeks ago going into this kind of stretch for the Bills with New England. Again, not the same New England team. Then you've got Seattle and you've got the Cardinals before your bye week. And... For this Bills team, I mean, they haven't looked elite offensively since the first week or the first half of that Rams game, which was all the way back in week three. They've kind of settled back in offensively while their defense has played better. But I mean, we're going to find out a lot about this Bills team on both sides of the ball against Seattle. 
And this is an important game for the Bills. You look at the Seahawks. Do they have a great op- uh, defense? Absolutely not. But their offense is utter- utterly ridiculous. And I think that's the biggest concern for the Bills is can you throw with the Seattle Seahawks? Because you're most likely going to get torched for four- 30 points this game, at least. The Bills, they can score 30 points. So it's all about Josh Allen at this point. And can he throw the football? Can he make big plays and just limit the mistakes? I saw a report. I'll have to double check it about Jamal Adams possibly coming back. It was on the side of yeah, the he, he the practiced today. He's expected to play. So that that's a big addition so that's big. for Seattle. You wonder how much he's going to play, but that's a guy that could really be critical. You know, the the Bills like to throw the top, put the top of the defense, digs with those, those deep balls. And when you look at Jamal Adams, if he can help cover or kind of stand back or even put pressure on Josh Allen, that's a big, big issue for the Bills' offense. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how much of a factor that Jamal Adams will play. And, you know, the Seattle defense has been bad, but they're a team that's been banged up. And they're getting some help. They get Jamal Adams or most likely get Jamal Adams. They also get Carlos Dunlap from the Bengals. So if he's able to pass his protocols, he might be able to go a little bit on Sunday as well. So, I mean, Josh Allen, not an easy guy to sack, but if you put pressure on him, that's when he makes those mistakes. That's when he kind of forces throws. Uh, kind of like we saw out of Daniel Jones, where, you know, maybe he doesn't take, you know, instead of taking sacks, he throws those interceptions. So that's going to be big for the Seahawks defensively. And, yeah, I mean, when I look at this Bills offense, you look what they did last week against the Patriots, and that's really one of the reasons why I think the offenses looked a little bit different because, I mean, they've tried to establish a run. Josh Allen hasn't thrown for over 200 yards in, in two of the last three games, but they were able to get the run game going. Singletary had 86 yards. Zach Moss had 81 yards and two touchdowns. And the thing is, though, you can go two ways with that with that running offense. I think if it doesn't work early because Seattle's run defense has been decent because, I mean, a lot of teams are just throwing all over the yard on them. They don't have to run the ball. So you want to keep the ball out of Russ's hands by establishing the run. But if that run game's not working early, I think you abandon it pretty fast because, like you said, I mean, Seattle's going to put up points. It's just going to be a matter of can the Bills' offense match those points. Seattle feels almost like the the Kansas City of the NFC, but without as good a defense, I guess. So maybe they're the Bills of the NFC at that point. Where I like the idea of trying to come out of the game. I think for the for the Bills, you really want to have the first possession, and that's kind of a, a nuance or or minor thing. But if they can come out and have no score, obviously, and just start running the ball and taking time off the clock, I mean, that's beneficial to this team. And you wonder what the balance is going to be like between running and throwing the ball, because if you get down early or if you're down a, a score you want to make sure you're getting as many possessions as possible and this to me is where the the bills defense really shows their stuff because to win the plus we've said it before you don't need to make 30 stops or a stop every drive it's it's one big stop at the end of the game is can you put your team your offense in a position to win the game in the fourth quarter and that's what this game is going to feel like to me you know you might give up four, 500 yards but if you can make that one or two big stops, you know, change it from a touchdown to a field goal, that's a big difference. And I think that's what we need to see the, from the Bills on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to have to be kind of that bend-don't-break mentality. And their numbers are looking a little bit better than they were earlier. They're still pretty mediocre. They're 16th in yards. 11th against the pass. I think that's the biggest thing. Their secondary has done a lot better, uh, even without some guys in the secondary, even with Micah Hyde going down with an injury, even without Josh Norman and kind of a revolving door at that second corner position. But, I mean, that's going to be huge because – Seattle has weapons galore. You you think that Josh no- or not Josh Norman, Tre'Davious White is going to be shadowing DK Metcalf, and you know even if that matchup works out for the Bills, there's still Tyler Lockett, there's still Greg Olson, there's still other guys uh, in that receiving core, David Moore as well. That I mean, 
Russell Wilson has just put so much pressure on every single defense he's played this year. The only really bad game he had was against the Vikings, where they only win that game by one point. Uh, he still puts up over 200 yards and I think two or three touchdowns, but not the same kind of Russell Wilson. And then the Cardinals game where he looked great at times, but also threw the three interceptions. So that's the biggest thing to me is when Russ has been pressured this year, he's looked a little bit more, I mean, a little bit less comfortable. And, and most quarterbacks are like that. If you can get in their face, put pressure on them, that's when they make mistakes. Bills haven't been able to get that pass rush at all this year. So I kind of worry about that defense uh, trying to, you know, create mistakes when they're not able to get to Russell Wilson. They let him sit back and kind of just launch it to all these weapons. And not even making mistakes when you can't put pressure on him. He just has so much time. And with the weapons he, he has, Luke, and you kind of said it there, they're going to score points. And they're going to make plays if you can't pressure Russell Wilson. You look at DK Metcalf, he's going to run circles around whoever's covering him. You know, if you, have a, if you have more than two, three seconds to throw the ball, DK Metcalf's going to get open. You know, as a, as a defensive back, you can't stay with him for that long of a time period. And I think that's the one of the bigger concerns, at least for this defense for the Bills, is you've got to make Russell Wilson get it out early. Because if you don't, he's going to make you pay. You know, they're too good of an offense. They're too good. They're too athletic of a team, really, to be held back. Yeah, and I think one of the more interesting points, actually, that's been brought up, I was doing some – I was reading some national columns, kind of uh, a bunch of guys giving – guys and girls giving their picks and, and what they think is going to happen. And a lot of them were saying, don't be surprised if Seattle comes out and just runs the ball and just uses Chris Carson, because that's been the, the Bills' biggest weakness. And I don't think, you know, the Seattle Seattle's looking at Buffalo's secondary and saying this is an insurmountable secondary because it's obviously not. There's still some holes in there. But I wouldn't be surprised if they just feed Chris Carson on the ground for the first, you know, two quarters, just wearing down that defense. And then you let Russ kind of blow it over the top. Like, this isn't a one-dimensional Seahawks team. I mean, they have obviously their their passing their passing stats are better than rushing stats because they pass the ball more than they run it. But Carson's still averaging about five yards per carry when he's when he's carried the ball. So I think that's going to be a major kind of facet because you have let Russ cook and and he's going to have a game. But I mean, when you have a good option at running back in Chris Carson, if he's able to stay healthy and, and able to play on Sunday, I think that's kind of a difference maker potentially for the Seahawks as well. Is maybe they try to keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands and they just kind of wear down that defense uh, for Buffalo. And that's the biggest concern because they're kind of taking it out of Josh Allen's hand. And by no means is he Russell Wilson at this point in his career, but he's still a really good quarterback. And if he can't get the ball, that that's a tough scene for, or a tough spot for the Bills to be put in. This is just such an interesting game to me. And it's a shame there's not many narratives kind of coming from Buffalo because at this point we're just breaking down the game, which is interesting in its own right. But this game is just so important for Josh Allen in my eyes because he's still, I don't want to say he has concerns, but look what happened the last couple of weeks. He hasn't been the same quarterback in the last four games. He really hasn't. And by no means is that his fault. You know, the entire team struggled in this, in this four game stretch. They lost two games in it. You know, last week you're just running the ball constantly against the Patriots. And you kind of go back to it and you say, we think Josh Allen's a legitimate quarterback. I, we kind of know at this point, but is he going to be on the level of a, of a Dak Prescott or a Patrick Holmes type that deserves the $40, $35, 40000000 dollars a year? I mean, that's what we want to figure out. And not only that, you, you want him to do well. You want him to look like the best quarterback in the NFL because at the start of the season, it was him, Dak, and Russell Wilson. And right now, it seems like Russell Wilson is the only one kind of hanging out at that top, obviously with Dak going down due to injury, and then Josh Allen kind of taking half a step back here. Yeah, it's really interesting when you look at Wilson and uh, Allen compared because Wilson's better when it comes to completion percentage by four. 
Allen's throwing for 20 more yards, but I mean, 26 touchdowns from Russell Wilson is, is I mean, that's just, that's mind blowing. I mean, th- those numbers are insane. That's not what you expect a quarterback to have after uh, just seven games so far. I mean, he's just been utterly ridiculous and Josh Allen's going to have to match that. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And, and he was kind of asked about this game all week, obviously. And he said, you know what, we believe right now with the guys in our locker room, we can compete with anyone. And, you know, they kind of, coming to this game, maybe a little bit less pressure even than last week because they come in as home underdogs. Seattle has to come back out east, and, you know, that hasn't really affected them all that much this year, but it kind of does give the Bills maybe a little bit of a chip on their shoulders saying, you know what, we, you know, we, and they probably understand internally, we haven't played well these last few weeks, but this would be a big time to, to kind of make a statement because I think them winning or losing this game, I mean, even if they lose, it kind of feels like they're still that, you know, team that's in the second tier of the AFC. They're most likely going to win their division, but maybe not making noise in the playoff. But if they can beat Seattle, I think that puts them, you know, a little bit closer in that conversation of a team that can make some noise in the playoffs. You're listening to the Watling and Owens podcast sponsored by WNYO 88.9, the Laker radio network. Before we get into their game against Washington, some, some interesting things coming out of Giants camp. And I want to start with Golden Tate because this is a story that's kind of been ongoing. Uh, within the Giants, and we had Joe Judge talking about uh, Golden Tate skipping practice on Wednesday. He's there today. It was asked uh, of Joe Judge, you know, is it is everything good? And he just kind of gave that one word kind of response, like, yeah, like we're trying to deal with this normally. And uh, he said we're dealing internally with a lot of these things. He'll be back in the building and practicing with us the remainder of the week. It'll be business as usual. We're going to deal with this internally. That's all I'm going to really say about that. And we had Golden Tate kind of yelling at the camera throw me the ball after his two catches and one of them that nice touchdown pat, uh, catch where he tiptoes the line and gets in for a huge touchdown for the Giants and then you have his wife coming out on Instagram kind of going on that just a psycho rant on Instagram I mean just a lot of words being used uh, I mean you, you just don't see people going on rants like that on Instagram where it's not a video so uh, lengthy text describing Daniel Jones and her frustrations with the team and it just it doesn't feel like Golden Tate has the the pull on this team to be kind of his own sideshow right now. And and that's exactly the best point is who is it? like who are you, Golden Tate? Have you ever been Odell? Have you ever been Julio? No, like you're you're an average wide receiver. And I get it, you're annoyed because you're not getting the ball, but like grow up. You're you're building a team here. You're not as the veteran in the room, you should be the one kind of teaching the guys, and you're not doing that. And your production and your skill doesn't surpass you being a good teammate. And like you're oh, and you're one in seven. Like it doesn't matter. I understand you want good stats, but read the room, kind of thing. Like you're playing a team, you're 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 in, you're winning the game. Like you you are leading that game for a decent bit. You're in the game for a decent bit. Why do you care if you get the ball or not? And I get it. Like you want the ball. You know, there's that little diva wide receiver in you that wants to make big plays. But it's a team game. Like, you should know this. Like, Joe Judge should instill this in you, and you shouldn't. And I don't mind him saying, throw me the ball, like, to the camera. I think that's him hyping himself up more than him yelling at Daniel Jones. But you should know that you shouldn't have an issue. Like, you sh- you should be able to understand that they're not intentionally not throwing you the ball. Well, how is he supposed to find you on the field when he doesn't have any time to throw the ball? Yeah, I think the biggest my biggest problem from this is the the missing practice on on Wednesday because 
it feels like with this Giants team, everyone seems to be buying in. Everyone seems to understand what's going on. And I think that's that's a cap tip to Joe Judge, who, you know, for this year and in part of next year, I think culture is a fine thing to talk about because I think it is relevant when you're trying to build a program at any level, whether it be college, high school, the NFL. And so I think it's great to talk about how Joe Judge has the locker room right now. And, and you know, later on, that's going to have to translate to wins. But for now, it's like, you know, they're playing teams tight. It seems to be this kind of not rah-rah mentality, but, you know, they're kind of like, you know what, we're, we're playing well. We're just, we want to turn that corner. And then you have Golden Tate kind of on the opposite side of things, who's kind of making it a, a me, me, me situation when the whole rest of the team is kind of coming together through adversity. I mean, even with the Evan Ingram situation where we're all saying, we know Evan Ingram screwed up. You have Daniel Jones say, you know what, I could have thrown a better ball. And, and you have guys, you know, not throwing each other under the bus. And now you have Golden Tate coming out and doing the opposite. I think that's kind of my biggest issue with this is when the Giants are trying to create something to last, Golden Tate just seems to be doing the exact opposite. And that's why I think this is a an issue that, you know, I think Joe Judge will handle it well. He's handled most things internally well. We saw the the Andrew Thomas situation earlier on in the year, things like that. And I think Joe Judge has checked every box so far in terms of being a, a good head coach, you know, as good of a head coach you can be with these pieces. And I think that's the biggest problem is Golden Tate kind of going against the the grain that he's trying to create. I think my biggest concern is that Golden Tate's not good enough to, to do this. He's not. And I don't want to touch on what his wife said because I don't think he wanted that. Or maybe he did. You know, she. I think in the, in the, in the tirade she said he's going to kill me for saying this, but and, and if that's the point, like, don't bring it up. Like, I've never thought to go on Instagram when, like, you're, like, I don't know. I've never thought to go on an Instagram tirade like that before. And obviously, I'm not married to a professional football player or athlete. But, like, there are times where we definitely could have gone on tirades for, for each other or go to bat for each other as, as kind of the, the, the media side and the, and the best friend side of things. And it's not the same as being married, but I've never thought to do that. I've never thought to go on social media because it's not solving anything. Like, yelling about it doesn't solve anything. And I really wonder how hard after that happened they were pushing to try to trade him on before the Tuesday deadline. Yeah, and, and one of the also, I mean, adding to this is with Golden Tate, you had earlier on in the year, you had the situation with, with Jalen Ramsey. I mean, kind of like what you said, like, grow up. Like, like it, it, you already lost games to the PED suspension. Now, and you have the Jalen Ramsey situation. It's like everything's adding up. And it's not an Odell Beckham Jr. situation, like you said, where it makes sense if Odell was a little bit frustrated saying, you know, I should be getting touches because he's an elite level wide receiver that deserves those touches. But... Golden Tate's not at that level, like you said, and, and that's the biggest problem. And, and one that's really interesting, and this is my last point on on Golden Tate, is that you know he was when when you trade Odell and you replace him at Tate, a veteran, Dave Gelman trying to bring some leadership, some some kind of stability to the locker room. This isn't the guy you bring in, you know, like you bring in a guy that's has PD issues, that's clearly kind of about me. And it's just very interesting that this is the guy you bring in to, to build your giant way, that culture that you speak of, when he's just as bad as Odell in the sense of the, the me kind of thing. The only difference is that he hasn't done anything on the field, like like grabbing a net. And, like, do we care about the proposing to a net? Does that really matter? Does that impact the way anyone plays the game? I mean, Odell's yeah. on the sideline for, for time. Like, when the, when the defense is on the field, like that's not taking him out of the game. That's not distracting anybody. Like it's just it's so ridiculous. The entire thing. You really traded Odell Beckham Jr. 
a very good, one of the best wide receivers you know, in the NFL history at the time. He was on pace to be the best receiver in NFL history. And you trade him for really not a lot. I mean, Jabril Peppers is, is whatever. You get that pick that was what? Dexter Lawrence? A nice piece. But you're going to tell me that you wouldn't want Odell in this offense right now with Daniel Jones? A nice piece to just throw to underneath? Yeah, I think that'd be a, a perfect pairing. And, you know, we talk about the trades. The the Giants didn't really do a lot. Uh, I mean, they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. They they spent the trade deadline more taking calls than making calls, according to Joe Judge. Uh, they they like the core they have. They end up not moving Evan Ingram. And I kind of like, I don't know, I think I'm okay with the decision to, to keep Evan Ingram because it lets you evaluate him further. It lets you figure out uh, if you want to pick up his option for next year. Maybe, I mean, I would have liked to see them move Golden Tate, but I mean, is there really a market out there right now for Golden Tate? I, I doubt Green it. Bay. Green Bay, maybe, but I mean, yeah, it's like if you want to get a, a late round pick for a Golden Tate, sure, but now San Francisco. But I mean, yeah, and San Francisco could use anyone. They, they'd probably give me a call right now to play wide receiver for them, but I, I think I'm okay. I don't know if I'd go that far. True, but I think I'm okay with the Giants kind of keeping <laughs> it, keeping what they have right now. No, I like it. I mean, there's not a lot of expiring contracts. Um, I, I, I like Ingram. Like, has he been that bad aside from this year? Like, last year, was he this bad of a, of a player? Because when he came out, he was a very good piece for Eli Manning. And I wonder kind of what the – it feels like the Chris Hernan situation where both have been pretty good. I mean, by no means was he going to be a – no, by no means was he a top five tight end in the league by any, by any stretch of the imagination. But, like, is, is he that bad? Has he been that bad this year? Or yeah. The drop. This year maybe, but in general – no, in general, he hasn't been terrible. I mean, 2018, he was really he was really great. Last year, he kind of – I mean, 2018, he's the sixth-ranked tight end in the NFL. Then last year, he kind of takes a little bit of a step back. And then this year, he's been really bad. So, I think if you could find somewhere in between, you know, an elite tight end and an awful tight end, that's what he is. I think he's a pretty average tight end that shows flashes of greatness, but he's also going to show you some of the drops and some of the, the untimely plays from him. So – but the thing about the difference between him and Herndon is the Giants want to get Ingram involved. I mean, you see them run those stupid end-around plays to him, which I'm, I'm sick of, to be honest. But it worked out that one time against the Cowboys. Um, but they're trying to get touches for him. I think the Jets have just completely given up on Herndon. I think that's the difference. Okay, so inside analytics for you here, Luke. Well, I'm, I'm looking first at the analytics right now. He, in his first two seasons, he dropped three passes a year. That's not bad, right? That's okay. Yeah, it's a couple fun. drops here and there. Depends I mean, it's on not the volume, great in, in, not awful. It's not great in year two when you have uh, only eight games played. True. I mean, the drop percentage is 4.7% and then 4.4% in his first two years. Now it's double that, five drops on the season through five games, three eight games, and a 9.3 drop percentage. So that's the question the biggest is, issue. Uh, his, the passer rating when targeted, 114 his rookie year, 99 his second year, and then 41 this year. So, is, is it all on him? He, honestly, his first year he was great. Who was his quarterback? Eli Manning. Does Eli Manning like the tight end a little bit more than a guy like Daniel Jones? I mean, that, that's something to keep in mind, too. Is if we look at his targets, I mean, never mind. No. He got 64 <laughs> targets his first year in 11 games, and then, 40, uh, and then 44, or 68 targets in eight games last year, and then 54 this year. So, I mean, he's, he's on pace with the same amount of targets. I just think I wonder if he's more comfortable catching Eli Manning's balls than Daniel Jones. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing. And I kind of want to shift over quickly to the game at hand because I think Ingram will be uh, a big piece, kind of, against this Washington football team that 
They have the best pass defense in the NFL, and obviously some of those numbers may be a little bit skewed. They've played, you know, teams like the Giants, teams like the Eagles, teams like the Cowboys, who have kind of struggled. The NFC East, they struggle at quarterback at the end of the day, and they've maybe taken advantage of that a little bit. But, I mean, this I think this is a test for Daniel Jones because this is a team, a defense that they are pretty good. They're, they're really good in the secondary, and up front they've gotten a lot better. Chase Young's been, you know, the best rookie uh, defensive lineman in, in the in the NFL this year, and he's been fantastic. Uh, they've gotten good pressure up front. Like I said, a good good corners, not a great linebacking and safety core, but this could be a game where Daniel Jones needs to show out. I don't think Washington's going to light up the scoreboard where he's going to have to throw 50 times, but he might have to make a few big plays on the stretch again. Yeah, I think they've got to win this game, man. I mean – that, that, that's as simple as that. Kyle Allen cannot beat you at quarterback. He, he just can't. He, he really can't. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It, it, it's rough. And I look at this Giants team, and they played really, really good the last couple games. I mean, you play incredibly well against Tampa Bay. You probably should have won the game or at least had it tied to going into overtime. That, that has to mean something. I mean, the defense has played very well. Daniel Jones is going to be much better than last game against Washington when he threw for, what was it, 100 and something yards? He was 12 yeah. of 19 for 112 yards. Daniel Jones is be better than that. You know, Wayne Gallman's going to be better than Devontae Freeman's 18 carries, 61 yards. The offensive line looked better last week. You know, you look at uh, Andrew Thomas. He looked pretty good last week. And I think that that's going to continue this week. And they're a much better team. When they're at their best, they are a much better football team than the Washington football team. And that's what I want to see tonight. Because we or this weekend. Because we talk about the culture. We talk about winning. Show it. Show us your culture. Show us your compete level. Because you might be slightly better than, than Washington talent-wise. But I want to see you guys play hard. Because I don't know if Washington's playing the hardest with Kyle Allen at quarterback. And also, it's like, you know, you play the Bucks close. You've played some, the Rams close. Like, in, in reality, you should be able to beat Washington again. Like, there shouldn't be, you know, excuses made after losing this game. I, I mean, if you're playing all these other teams close, in reality, you should be able to beat Washington. And last time they played, it was it was gross. It was 20 to 19. They had the scoop and score at the end that that won them the game. And Washington had a chance to tie go to overtime. Instead, they go for two and don't get it. So, I mean, that was a tight game. And you expect the Giants to come out and, and win this game. I mean, their defense has been really good, 13th in terms of yards. But it's just their offense has been absolutely putrid. And I think that's the biggest problem for the Giants right now is, you know, if Daniel Jones plays well, I think they win this game. I think it really does come down to him. And it's not just him, obviously. He needs blockers. He needs time to throw the ball. He needs his receivers to play well once again. And they looked really good last week. And it just kind of just missed at the end. And he made a couple of tur turnovers, excuse me, that kind of lost in that game. So a lot of this game, I think, does ride on the armor of Daniel Jones. And he's got to be good enough, right? I mean, we look at the, the Washington defense. They're not a top 10 defense in this league. Like, that's not what they are. So I really wonder what's going to come of this. And if Daniel Jones makes more mistakes and throws these interceptions, that's a big concern. Because, yes, they've got a solid defensive line, but learn from your mistakes. You know, like, you, you made those mistakes against Tampa. Correct them against the team in Washington. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the idea of it is – you want to correct, and but the thing is, he's gonna have pressure in his face all day. I mean, the the Washington defensive line is among one of the better in football. So it's kind of like with Washington, you kind of have to judge them based on you know you do have to base them on their opponents, but they've always been a decent defense. Really, the issue has been on offense. So 
I think the Giants' defense will be fine, but you have to f- be able to score to win games. I mean, at the end of the day, the Giants haven't scored to a high enough level to win games, especially down the stretch. So, you know, you want to use your weapons. And for the Giants' offense, they have scored 20-plus points in their last four games. So, I mean, maybe there's a little bit more confidence there. But uh, it, it also boils down to those turnovers. You just you can't make those turnovers once again if you're Daniel Jones. No, you, you can. And I feel like the defense will show out every single week. And I just wonder when do they kind of snap on Daniel Jones in the sense that they're keeping them in games. And if Daniel Jones keeps throwing interceptions or fumbling the ball, that was sort of the concern that uh, Jordan Rodon asked when he said, are you going to bench Daniel Jones just to show him, hey, look, you can't do these things all the time. And I wonder what happens on that route where will he continue to learn and kind of grow at the helm or does he need to step back, you know? And I don't think you should bench him. I think that's pointless, but does he need to step back and kind of watch from afar for a set for a, for a snap or a half or whatever it is? Yeah. And I wonder if that's the answer, but it's just like, like Cole McCoy coming in. Like I just doesn't like, I just doesn't help anyone. I mean, that's the biggest thing, you know, if they had a young guy an up and comer behind him or, someone that they liked, I mean, it maybe make a little bit more sense, but I mean, it's just with the, the back situation they have right now, I just don't think it makes that much sense. Yeah, exactly. And it is, it's just very tough for the giants where you sit, where you see them and they're right there. I mean, they've lost four games by 10 points combined. That's what I think they win this game. You know, they're plus two and a half. I feel like, I don't understand how they're an underdog. I get there on the road but they feel like such a, a much better team than, than the Washington football team. And when you look at teams and you, when you look at kind of the, the value of teams, the quarterback's the most important position. And the Giants have a much better quarterback than Washington football team. Their, their defense is comparable. You know, Washington's giving up 23.6 points per game. The Giants are giving up 24.9. And a lot of that was early on. A lot of the, de- the struggles for the, for the Giants, especially their offense, started in the first three, four weeks of the season when they couldn't run the ball for their life when their offensive line was that bad. Now it's getting better. And you're trying to see them work on that route. And I think they're better than that show. And Matt, you mentioned the uh, the line. And as, as we're gearing up and getting ready to, to go to break, I got to ask, I mean, is that is that a line you're taking? Or, I mean, the, the thought process coming in was that you weren't picking today. So this is, this is an absolutely electric uh, development. Look, um, I did say that I wouldn't make picks. I also don't really want to jump in a bunch of snow as per our punishment. And I think this game is too juicy and it might bring me back in. It might, it might bring me back in. You know, what's the, the the, the line right when I think they pull me out, they drive me right back in. I don't, I, oh, yeah. I said it really poorly and it's not, I said that awfully, but you get the point, you know, Silvio from Tony, from the Sopranos. You, you haven't seen Sopranos, but the, no, I don't understand. the reference goes right over my head because, like you said, I, I haven't seen The Sopranos, which is, I mean, from all, from all accounts I've heard, it's a it's a real shame that I haven't because, I mean, it seems to be a must-watch. It's all the rage. It's all the rage. I mean, Do you have I, HBO, too? I don't have HBO. That's the thing. I, I don't have HBO. I, I had it to watch Game of Thrones. I never... I didn't renew it, and that's the thing. What I'm going to do, though, is I think I'll get it, and then I'll, I'll be able to... Because there's a few shows I do like on HBO... Um, so I think I'll probably get it for like a month and then just like go crazy on it. And then See, you, should, you should have pulled the, what, what I did for the surprise back during the, the start of COVID in, in like April, whatever it was, they offered a, a free month of HBO for select shows. And I watched the entire season in a month. It was painful. 
It yeah, was, I remember was, that. You you had to like keep your schedule. You're like, all right, I gotta watch. Yeah, I had a schedule. I can't play. Watching, like, I can't play a video games. I gotta get this this episode in. I know. I was I was timing myself. I watched what? It's like six seasons in a month. That's terrible. That was awful. Yeah. I was I was so glued to my computer that month. I would watch the the show just lying on my back on the floor of my bedroom. Why are you? I on wouldn't the floor? even make it to the bed. I would just be so like I have a really messed up back in terms of like the pain and the stress and whatever you want to call it. Not even stress, just like the the muscle pulls yeah. to the point where like I have to just sit in certain ways. And if I sat for too long, it would hurt. If I laid down for too long, it would hurt. So I had to like lie on my excuse me, lie on my floor, and it was it was pretty comfortable, but not what you want. No, it's it's definitely not what you want. And yeah, I mean, that first kind of period of quarantine was pretty interesting because yeah, I was I was in that that binge watching mode, and it was it was the Peaky Blinders though. The, the Peaky Blinders oh, got me. You they broke me. So, so stop talking. I haven't finished. I've got a lot on the on the docket right now. I haven't had a lot of time yeah. watching Netflix. I, I'll admit I haven't. Let me I know when you're trying time. to bring back. Let me know when you're trying to bring back Peaky. I'm thinking of doing a rewatch. I re you finished the whole thing. I did, yeah. I told you I finished it once I got back wow. to the Sopranos. Because we let's let's let the audience inside our, our minds here. Yeah, is that you and I were both watching it unintentionally together. We yeah. just started at the same time. We tried to keep up with each other. Now we weren't watching. Like I wasn't watching the minute you were watching. It was kind of like a day and day thing. And then eventually, I was like, "Look, I gotta watch Sopranos. You're welcome to join me." You didn't. You you graciously took a pause from the, from uh from Peaky with me. And then you just never went back to it. I just, I don't have the, the capacity to, to I, I just can't handle it sometimes. I can't do the binge. I mean, I try for some shows and, and some shows do get me in. Like I remember Game of Thrones got me, but I mean, it's it's tough for me. You know, it, it's tough. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe I'll make a comeback, you know, when I have nothing to do over winter break, when no one hires me and I, I'm just sitting on my couch all day. So we'll see. I'll we'll hire see. you, Luke. Please, please, someone hire me. If, if You'll be the producer of The Wild and Owen Show. You're listening to the Watling and Owens podcast, sponsored by WNYO 88.9, the Laker Radio Network. Quick look at the standings. I'm looking at 24 and 16. Matt's looking at 19, 20 and one. Four and a half game lead for me, but I mean, we both choked last week. One and four is just, it's unacceptable. I should be 20 and 20. Keep saying it. I shouldn't have a push. These goddamn Browns are nonsense. They are. I mean, that was a gross game that was a great game. That was a beautiful game. You're gonna explain the Bengals plus three. You're gonna tell me the Browns minus three against the Bengals is not a beautiful pick. They're it five and two. Pick. They're a good football team. It's, it's well, a, you know what? I I didn't make the wrong mistake. I make the wrong pick. They just didn't play well. That's the issue. My pick was beautiful. It was great. They just didn't live up to it. That's what happened. All right. So we'll blame the Browns. And as we dive into picks, uh, do, do you want to go first or second this week? Uh, yeah, I'll go the Giants plus two and a half. They're a good wow, football team enough. Not good, but they're gonna win this game. And you know what that means, Matt? Someone, someone's got to lose because I'm, I'm grabbing Washington minus two and a half. Oh, you're because... such a liar. Let you're me tell you. No, you're so wrong. You. You're dead wrong. All my... I, I love this pick actually. I, I, I think the Giants are, you know, they're, you know, they're playing teams close, and and people are getting a little excited about them. But I'll tell you what, I, they're I still Washington, a dog. Washington wins this game by a field goal. Give me that. All right, you want to put a little, a little extra skin in the game on this one? Yeah. What is it? No, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> okay. I'm not putting anything on Washington actually. When I just feel like, I feel like making you angry. I feel like you're you're really committed to this Giants pick, so I'm taking I Washington. Am. 
Yeah. Well, what am I doing? I'm hedging you. I mean, clearly hedging you would work out for me, so I'll take Washington. Or am I hedging you after your debacle last week? That's true. Maybe. Oh, let's see here. Give me a Baltimore minus two and a half against Indianapolis. I mean, not very confident. Indianapolis is kind of a sneaky five and two, but I just trust Baltimore enough to win this game. Yeah, I like that pick for you. My second pick, I'm going to hate this, Matt. I'm going to hate it. I'm taking the Bears plus six against the Titans. Oof. Look, they're they're playing teams close in terms of last week they looked good against New Orleans. Titans are are just an awful team against the spread. They lost straight up to the Bengals last week in, in a game that I should have picked that I didn't. I'm going to take the Bears plus six against the Titans. Give me Pittsburgh minus 14 against the Cowboys. I don't like – I love big spreads, actually. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Big the, spreads, and I cannot lie, as a wise man once said. The uh, Chiefs, the my, Chiefs were great for me last week. Yeah, and I'll go. I'll go Pittsburgh. Dallas is horrible. They don't even have a real quarterback playing in this game. What about uh, Central Michigan's own Cooper Rush if he gets to start? No, no. I don't. Why? I don't. He Cooper Rush is a running back. Any quarterback that doesn't play in the Power Five is basically a running back. All right, all right. I like that take. Uh, I'm, I'm my third pick. I'm gonna go with the Texans. I like Houston minus six and a half against the Jaguars. Jaguars. Without Gardner Minshew, I mean, they're, they're kind of in just – ever since that Colts win, they're just in shambles. So, I'm going to take the Texans to cover there. I like that pick. Um, I don't know if I can go with it, though. What am I at, three right now? Yeah, you're looking at three. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Give me – this is now, this is a pick I'm not too confident. Mm, right. No, I can't do it. Oh. Give me Arizona minus four and a half. I was thinking Dolphins, and I remember Tua's playing, and I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't take Tua. He showed me nothing. If it was Fitzpatrick, I, like I would take the Dolphins, but give me. Well, we're we're a we're a very pro Cardinals podcast. So we are, but like I like the Dolphins in this game. Like I feel like they could win the game, and then I sit there and I do attack at the second quarterback position, and I just don't trust him. All right, Matt. So give me Arizona this, minus four. Matt, I can't do this, but I'm doing it. I'm taking the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers. I know. Oh I no. Them. Oh no. They're like they're a pick 'em against Oakland or against Las Vegas. And you know what? Vegas they played an ugly game against Cleveland last week. I, I just I I don't know why. I'm all in on the Chargers. They're gonna do the same exact thing. They're gonna take the lead. They're gonna blow it late, and they're gonna lose. But it's a pick 'em. They gotta win. I'm taking the Chargers. All right, Luke. I gotta make some 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 gainage back on you. I gotta get back up there. I gotta start winning some games. I'm going Oakland Raiders, Vegas Raiders, baby. Wow. I'm hedging your bet. You know, I, the Chargers are two and five. They're not a very good team. Oakland's four and three. They're pushing for the playoffs, baby. All aboard the, the Raiders train. Shoo, shoo. That's two head-to-head picks this week. I gotta I mean, make we that. I'm sorry. We have not seen this, and two of the ugliest games that you could have. I mean, we've got Giants, Washington, and Chargers, Raiders as our as our head-to-head matchups. That's just electric. Matt, let me tell you my last pick. You're you're gonna love this one. Ready for it? I'm taking yeah, the New York Football Jets. Wow, plus seven and a half against. He's got the guts. Patriots. This team is due. I'm telling you right now, man. They might win this game if you're feeling a little zesty. You might sprinkle a little money line in there. It's a Monday night game. The Patriots with their backs against the wall. You expect them to come out and blow out the Jets. But I'm going to tell you what. I think Sam Darnold has a solid game. I think the Jets' defense plays well enough against the run. I think the Jets cover this game 7.5. It's too big. If it was 6.5, maybe not. But I feel like if New England wins, it's by a touchdown or less. So I like the Jets here. You got guts, kid. You got guts. I wouldn't touch that game with a 10-foot pole. But it's also the Patriots who just managed to just – 
smash the Jets every time they play. Like, every time. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I saw, like, a rumor, or, or not even a report, but, like, a, a comment that was basically, like, oh, like, Bill Belichick's going to purposely lose these games against the Jets and, like, lose the game against uh, get Houston. Get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so that the Jets couldn't get Trevor Lawrence. And, like, dude, there's no way they're actively trying to lose this. Like, they still have a sh- no. they, they, they still think they have a shot at the playoffs. And oh, yeah, they might. 100%. Like, if Cam Newton can turn it around, you know, like, he's played, what, five games in the last year? I don't think yeah. he's that good, but, like, he's, he's he's whatever, right? Yeah, and I, I'll run through your picks here, Matt. Giants, Ravens, Pittsburgh, Cardinals, Raiders. Who's your lock? Who are you, who are you loving this week? Give um, me the Giants. I'll, I'll lock in the Giants. Wow. Okay. Pitching, and I've crunch, got uh, – an... Yeah, that's – I don't know how I feel about locking the Giants, man. I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't know. How I, I mean, my good. if you want a secondary lock or a tertiary lock, give me uh, the Steelers. I think they're really good. Yeah, I think that should be a pretty pretty good pick for you. I got Washington, Chicago, Houston, L.A. Chargers, and the Jets. I'm gonna lock in. I'm gonna lock in Houston. I think they get that win over the Jaguars pretty handedly. I think they win that game by double digits. So I like Houston there uh, to to maybe play well for Romeo Cornell. But big week for both of us, and yeah. we'll we'll keep track of that. Before we go to break, I want to take a guess on what the uh, the the point differential is for the entire NFC East. Oh man, I know the Cowboys are like the worst in the NFL. I'm gonna say minus one ten, one eighty six. Wow. Okay. Eighty one for the Cowboys, fifty four for the Giants, thirty two for Washington, and nineteen for your Philadelphia Eagles. I didn't realize Dallas was that bad. Wow. That's, yeah. That's well, you did I, just I say they're one of the worst in the league. Yeah, so, but I, I was thinking, like, yeah, I guess. Actually, the Jets are the worst at minus 144. So what was oh, that number uh, I told you? 186? Uh, 180. Yeah. By the end of this week, the Jets could be, actually, never mind, the Dallas, Dallas playing the Steelers. You're listening to the Watling and Owens podcast, sponsored by WNYO 88.9, the Laker Radio Network. Mentioned before the break, Thursday Night Football is supposed to be played tonight. Looks like it will be played tonight between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. And we've got some some COVID news and some non-COVID news. The Packers have three players in quarantine. The running back, A.J. Dillon, has COVID. Running back, Jamal Williams, and linebacker, Kamal Martin, were labeled as close contact. So they're also unable to go. So no running backs for the Packers unless Aaron Jones is able to go. If Aaron Jones is not able to go, they're going to have to go practice squad. And on the other side of things, the 49ers have four guys also on the COVID list with Kendrick Bourne, Trent Williams, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel. That's three wide receivers in their starting left tackle. And, I mean, 49ers are already just in shambles right now due to injury, and now they missed their entire receiving core. And after getting an update, it turns out that Bourne's test was a false positive, but those four guys for, for San Francisco still can't play. I mean, it's just pretty obvious at this point. I think we all knew it, but... This is all just a, a big money situation for the NFL. They don't want to lose money on Thursday night. They're not going to move this game to Sunday where it's not going to make as much revenue. But, I mean, it's just a disgusting product that's going to be put on the field tonight. But you're going to watch it. You're going to love every second it. of it. I'm going to love this game because of how bad it will be. And I genuinely think, like, there's a shot that the Packers win this game solely because of Aaron Rodgers. They have Devontae like, Adams. There you go. <laughs> like, he might run the ball himself. Yeah. It just, it's going to be such an ugly game. I don't – I it, it feels wrong that this game is going up. Especially because, like, what if they actually did have it and now 
you know, Joe Schmo, the secondary running back, has it, or the practice squad guy, squad guy has it. Like, you don't know. It, it's uh, – eh. this is football, man. This is the NFL. There's no reason that they shouldn't just be pushing games back because they're have they're going to dominate pretty much through Christmas, and they're still going to dominate even afterwards. Like, I don't know. The NBA is probably not starting until MLK Day. At that point, if you're starting your playoffs – the playoffs are going to top anything NBA-related nine times out of ten. I mean, the regular season for the NFL is dominating the NBA playoffs. Like, it, like it's not going to matter. The NFL can play whenever they want. They're going to get viewers. And that's kind of like what I tweeted during the, the Giants-Bucks game. I, I complain every single week about the primetime games, and then I watch them. Like, that that's how much of a sucker I am for the NFL. I mean, they, they've literally just created this, like, addicting product for no reason like why why am i gonna watch nick mullins throw to absolutely no one and and aaron Rodgers just carry the packers it's because it's football but it's just insane that they they got you by the cubes they 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 do it's a a real issue they got me right by the cubes it's such an issue i mean you enjoy every second of it i think for me i look at bad football and i just laugh yeah like i think that's my my why i might be watching it just because of how much of a joke it's going to be yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, to a point, but like, I feel like the Jets are just sad to watch at this point. Like, I feel like they've no, well, that's the not even of, football I want to watch. Yeah, at least like the Packers have Aaron Rodgers that I can watch, and the the Forty ers have Nick Mullins, who, I, yes. like I said, I, I said it last week. I said he's basically Jimmy G already, but I'm a little scared, man. I have him and I have Kyle Allen as potential QB twos for this week. A big match I have. I, well, I have Lamar as my QB1, but I had Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was really doing solid for me, and then he gets benched, and my team's just in shambles, and we are in just the most competitive fantasy football division I think I've ever been a part of, where I think every team's within a game of There's two games. Uh, AJ is two games under, or two games back of me at five and three. And then me, Mike, and Pat are all tied, I believe, right? At four and four, yeah. Which, Which is, is such just... nonsense, like, I'm... This is a rough league. You, uh, Mike has more points than me. So does Pat. AJ does too. AJ's gotten sh- just screwed this entire season. Yeah, the teams he's... have just been dominating his team. But I'm feel I'm not feeling confident. But I am getting McCaffrey back. So we'll see how that runs. You know, you got you know for AJ though, you got to play better defense. I mean, you can't That's let true. teams run That's up the true. score on you. It's just embarrassing. I got, got Lennon Fournette. That was a big pickup for me. That's was a big it? pickup. What has he I done? So. What has he done? What has he done? Last week he put up eight points. Week before that, twelve. I don't know. I'm stashing him. I am playing him this week, though, because I have nobody else. Yeah, I mean, it, it's gotten Unless to you want me to play Wayne Gallman. I think I have to start Kyle Allen because I've been I've been talking about Washington. I've been hyping them up. I picked them to win. Like, you if they win, down. Kyle Allen's going to have to have a day. So I, I you think have I gotta me, go you're starting. You know what I think you should do? What? Nick Mullins and Jock and Kyle Allen. Oh, we, do we bench Lamar? Yeah. He's playing the best defense in the league. Lamar's been a little disappointed this year. Not gonna lie, he's been pretty disappointed. Very. And you know, you had him last year, and he just tore it up. So I was thinking, you know, I, if I grab him. The fact that I lost is solely on your fault. It's solely your fault. It is my fault. I accept the fact that we're playing a, a two-round semifinals, and then it leads our finals into Week 17 is a disgrace. It was disrespectful. I should have won the league. I had Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Zeke Elliott and Eckler. I was the best team in the in the league last year. I dominated, and I lost to a guy that was below 500. He was 5-7 and seven when he made the playoffs. That is not fair. That is not how this should be played. And I take full responsibility for that as the, the bonehead commissioner. But I'll tell you what, this week, or this year, very fair playoff structure. You know, we're looking at the the, the standard, the, the Week 16 championship. 
the 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 buys for the top two seeds. I mean, we're looking at really the NFL these past few years, so it's going to be a fun time. And uh, that wraps up all the time we have for on this football Thursday here on the Wild and Owen Show. But don't worry, we'll be back here on Monday to talk about the the New York Jets and the Patriots. We'll recap everything that happened in the NFL as well and around the the sports world. So. That's all the time we have on the Wild and Own Show. Thanks for listening here on 88.9 WNYO, the Laker Radio Network.